Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. Help for us Christian misfits. And the term misfits just simply means sometimes you feel like you just don't belong. Does that describe you? If so, you are truly welcome here, my friend. Hi, I'm Dr. J. Keith Brown. Just call me Keith. And my mission in life is to help my, quote, fellow misfits heal their hurts and move their mountains. Just a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the pleasure of speaking, teaching, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the country. I am also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books. And let me tell you, I've had the pure pleasure of coaching and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. And I am proud of all those things, but I have also experienced setbacks. I know what it's like to experience true loss, and I know what it's like to be attacked within the faith. So, I want to help those misfits out there to truly heal those hurts and move those mountains. Now, just a disclaimer, I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need those two things, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, grab a coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat. This is Coffee with Keith. Hello, my dear friend. Welcome to this bonus episode of Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown. So glad you could join me. You know, when I have guests on the show, I like to refer those as table talks. And then when I do a solo episode, I refer to it as Bible talks. And the reason I do that is because as often as I can, I love to dive into the scriptures to to study it, to reflect on it, to pray over it, and see what opens up to me. And I do this all the time, obviously, but I especially do this every week with the upcoming lectionary uh, text. Now, for those of you who might not know what that is, these are Old Testament, New Testament, gospel, and psalms that are read in many, many liturgical churches, sacramental churches around the world every single Sunday. And one of the things that that does is it unites Christians internationally around a focus, around certain scriptures. So I always like to spend at least some time in these chapters and in these verses every week. And when I do, and there's something that just God shares to my heart, and you know, sometimes I'll hop on here and share it with you, and that's what I call Bible Talks. And I'm going to do that today, because today we're going to talk about testing. Oh boy, everybody loves that, right? Don't you just love to be tested? Remember back when you're in school 
how joyful that experience was when you knew that you were going to have an algebra test on Friday or a history test on Tuesday. The joy of having to prepare if you did at all <laughs> and knowing that was coming and knowing that grade was going to go home with mom and dad. Um, so testing for us mostly has a very negative aspect. And I get that. And truthfully, testing, a lot of times we think of it negatively. But I'm going to tell you that there is, yes, a negative aspect of testing, but it can be a positive as well. And I want to share just a little bit of that with you today. As we look at a text from the Gospel of Luke, this is in context where Jesus has just been baptized and we find in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, these text, th- this text. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible, the English version here. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall be. All be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. You know, it's an interesting text. And a couple of things that I just want to share with you um, broad broad scale here before we actually get into the three ideas that I had. Um, the first is this. I, I, it's interesting to me that this temptation of Jesus, when, when most people talk about this story or reflect on it, they think about Jesus being in the wilderness. He's, he's being, you know, going without food. He's hungry. He's praying. He's spending all this time. And then at the end of the 40 days, the devil comes along and this tempting happens. It's interesting to me, however, that the scripture doesn't say that. It actually says while he was wandering in the wilderness and while he was there and while he was um, spending that time in the wilderness, he was being tempted. So it's, it seems to imply, if you read it accurately, that Jesus was being tempted the whole time. And of course, the the story goes that the major temptations, the pinnacle of the temptations, come at the end of that 40 days when Jesus is most depleted. So this idea of being tempted or tested is a is a pretty strong idea. But here's the thing. Testing is going to come into our lives. You and I, even if we are serious followers of Jesus, are going to go through testing. 
We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through temptations in life. That's just a given. Now, I understand that there are some within the church, the, they preach a gospel perspective. A prosperity gospel where they say, well, you know, just have enough faith and ask God and God's going to do it. He's going to bless you and he's going to give you all this stuff and and just, you know, make you wealthy and make you wise and make you healthy. And and, and you're just going to want for nothing and, and all this kind of stuff. If you just have enough faith, you know, God will do this. They make God out to be some type of Santa Claus or some genie in a in a bottle. But God isn't God isn't that. God doesn't just sit there waiting for us to ask him and bless us and give us everything we ever want. I think that God is there looking out for us and protecting us and and he cares about us. But I do think that scripture points a very different picture of what it is like to follow Christ. Because if you look at scripture through its entirety, you will see that there are many, many examples of how people follow Jesus, love Jesus, and serve Jesus, and yet went through many hardships of life. Let's look at the disciples, the the ones Jesus called personally. History tells us that most of those lived difficult lives. They were faithful, and most of those had their lives ended in very tragic ways, often martyred for the cause of Christ. So there's no glorious Santa Claus in that, and yet they were faithful. So I say all that to say that temptations will come. I also love this, the symbolism in this story as it reminds us and brings us back in comparison to the people of Israel who were leaving Egypt you know, they had been under strict captivity. They had become slaves and indentured to the, the kingdom of, Israel, of Egypt. And um, Moses, the chosen one of God, leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. And what does the story there tell us? That they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And here we see the similarity in the number in that Jesus says, or Jesus wandered in the desert for 40 days. There's also a connection, I think, when it comes to water. If you remember the story of the people of Israel, they were leaving Egypt and God divided the waters for them to walk safely through. And here, in context, we see that Jesus has just gone in and out of the baptismal waters. Water is very significant. It's very unifying throughout the Bible. It often refers to cleansing, but it can also refer to a change or from one place to another or one type to another. And I think that's the case in both of these stories because basically in the people of Israel, when they passed through the water, they were escaping this life in Egypt and were moving toward which that which God had promised them. And here in the story of Jesus, the water is significant because Jesus goes into the baptism and we see that Jesus comes out and he goes through this temptation and his ministry begins to to proceed. Um, so there is this movement that's often associated with water. It's very symbolic, but I love the way it ties us back to the Old Testament. So let's talk about this story a little bit more. And as I was studying it, these things popped out at me. 
the three P's. I call them the three P's of testing. And I'm going to just share those with you as quickly as I can. The one, the first one is this, the promise, the promise. It's interesting to me that in this text, we see that the baptism, if you go back and read before this, these verses, you'll see that Jesus is baptized and God speaks. There's a presence of God. And even in this text, it says that Jesus with the Holy Spirit went into the desert. That's significant. Also, if we look at the story of the people of Israel as they were wandering through the desert, they too were evidenced the presence of God. They had the promise that God was with them. He provided them manna. He provided them for their needs. He he led them along the journey. He would have given them everything if they would have had, in this case, enough faith. Um, and of course, we know that some of them did not, and they never really entered the promised land. But God was always faithful. And that's the one thing that I want to suggest about our lives when we go through testing or temptation or even trials. The first is the promise. The promise is that God is there. God is there for us and with us and in us in our lives. So when we're going through those muddy waters, when we're going through those hardships, when we feel like we're in sinking sand, God is there. He's promised to never leave us or forsake us. So I don't know about you, but even if you're going through a trouble right now, I think it's appropriate for us to hang on to that idea and that thought and that promise. God, I may be hurting. God, my life might stink right now. Things may be going hard, but I just have to have faith that you are with me. And I think that's valid because I think that God is and God promises to be. So that's the promise that I want to encourage you to hang on to. The second is the purpose. The second P is the purpose. Now think back, if you will. I mentioned earlier about those wonderful school tests that you took. Take for a moment and just imagine that you went back and you took a test in school and um, you got your grade back and you looked at that grade and all that meant was it was a score on piece of paper and probably had an effect on your report card and you were probably concerned about what mom and dad would think about your grade. That's sort of what most kids worry about, you know, that, that report card. But truthfully, as a former educator for schools, I can tell you that tests, if they are given properly and for the right reason, are not just to give a score. Yes, they do that. That's the way the system works. However, the true purpose of test is to indicate how that student is relating to the material. Where do they align with that which they should know? Well, let me suggest the positive of testing. For when I think we go through the test of life, it should be for us an indicator, a barometer, if you will, of where we are in our relationship with God. How are we handling this situation? How are we handling this hardship? How are we handling this suffering? Are we falling apart? Are we just desperate? Are we, are we just diving deep into depression? Or is there hope, encouragement, and some sense of knowledge that we're going to get through. 
Because I think that testing in life helps us understand where we are in relation to our faith and our relationship with God. So we might ask ourselves, if we go through a test, a hardship of life, how am I doing? And this is not to put us down. Now, if you're doing well and you go, you know what? This situation has come up in my life. It's not easy. It's it's actually hard. It hurts. However, even in the midst of this stuff, I still feel connected to God. I still feel that there is purpose. I still feel that there is, there's joy within me because I know who I am in relation to God. I am still seeking Jesus. I'm getting to get through this. I'm going to be okay. So in the testings of life, if we can come out with that, then that should feed us. That should make us feel good. You know, yes, I feel so close to God, even in the midst of this test. And of course, that we can celebrate, that we can be thankful for. However, if we go through that testing and we go like, oh man, I'm falling apart here. Well, that's not to beat us up. It's to simply point out to us that we're not perhaps in the relationship that God most desires us to be. Now, that's not his judgment on us. That's not for him to pound us or to you know, belittle us or or jump on us or whatever. It's not that at all. It's to simply point out to us what is going on in our lives and how we can improve. There's a great teaching in that. So I, I really think that one of the, the purposes of testing is teaching. It's a way that we learn about ourselves, and it may be a way that God teaches us valuable lessons. So, you know, so don't underestimate the possibility of what the benefit can be from a test in life. So there's the promise. In my opinion, there's the purpose and a positive purpose at that. What's the third P? The power, the power. If we look back to the people of Israel as they were leaving Egypt, we saw that God was with them. He tabernacled with them through the whole journey. There was a great acknowledgement of the presence of God in their life and in their journey. And in this text in the New Testament of the Gospel of Luke, we see that the Scripture says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, friend. Keith again, just dropping in really quickly to remind you that I am available for individual coaching. You know, for the last 35 plus years, I have had the joy of working with so many people over so many issues. So if you could use some coaching, check it out. Listen, I've got the time, I've got the experience, I've got the desire, and I've got the heart. All I need is you. The link's in the show notes. I hope you'll check it out today. Now. Back to the episode. The Holy Spirit, the power, the leading of God, the Spirit of God. So even in Jesus' situation in this desert, even though in my theology, Jesus is God. Now, I realize there's some people that say he isn't. But in my personal theology, I believe that Jesus is 100% human, 100% God. That's my theology. So in this way that I realize that he is God, but there he, he also, I think, has the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. 
And to me, there's great power in that. The presence that the people of Israel had, the presence that Jesus had, there is power in the presence of God. You and me, dear follower of Jesus, I think that we too have the power of God. The power of God with us, and I believe the power of God in us. To be there to encourage, to equip, and help us. So, the thing we have to do then is stay connected to the power, right? We have to be, if you go outside, you know, I just got a, a new motorcycle recently, by the way. Ah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I put it on what's called a trickle charger because it's very easy in cold weather for a motorcycle to lose its power, the battery to to go down in power. So uh, I put it on a trickle charger. So it's connected to that source that always keeps it energized. And I think that's a good illustration of how you and me need to be, my dear friend. We need to be constantly connected to the source. Because if we are, then we're going to have incredible power to help us get through life's tests, life's trials, even life's temptations. So we have to ask ourselves, and I think that testing helps us see how well are we connected to that power source. But how, you know, how do we stay connected? Well, let me get a little practical here. I think that the way that we stay connected to the power, the source, God, is through practice of the spiritual disciplines. Oh my gosh, there's another P. <laughs> the promise the purpose, the power, and now the practice. Oh, wow, I'll have to make it four Ps. That one just came into my head. The practice. The practice of staying connected to Jesus is, in my opinion, the practice of spiritual disciplines. If you know that Jesus prayed, I think the way, the, the, the most basic way that we connect with God is spending that quiet time with God. It is pouring out our hearts, our requests, our praise to God in prayer. And it is also, I think, spending time to be still and to listen to God's voice within us. And I believe if we are a child of God, if we quiet our spirit and our mind enough, God has a way of speaking into us. And that beautiful discipline truly can connect us. After all, if you're sitting across from someone at a table and you're absolute and you put your cell phones away, I know that's a weird idea in this day and time, isn't it? But if you put those cell phones away and you actually look at each other and you begin to talk, isn't there a connection that occurs? Yes, the same thing is true for us. There are many spiritual dis disciplines, but prayer and meditation, I think, is key for us to connect to that power. What is another? Well, do you notice how Jesus responded to the devil in the story? Every time the devil tempted him, it says, Jesus responded with Scripture. So I think that for us to be better equipped to be followers of Jesus— to live a life that is more connected to the source, it requires us to spend time studying the words that we find in the Bible. 
Now, we need to understand where we're reading. We under, need to understand context. We need to understand um, the type of scripture we're reading, you know, whether it's uh, allegory, whether it's um, gospel, whether it's psalm, you know, prayer, whatever. We need to understand all that stuff to, to help us better understand what the text is. But however, I think it's important for us to, as followers of Jesus, to spend time in that book and to do the best job we can at understanding it. Now, I realize that some of you who are listening to my voice right now, especially on this podcast, because of your situation being LGBTQIA+, and dealing with um, church trauma and things like that, you may be in a state of, as some people call it, deconstructing. I am okay with that term. I I simply say that we are examining. We're kind of re-examining our faith. We're looking at it. And you may be in that process right now. You may be asking yourself hard questions. You may be, you know, looking for answers. You may be struggling. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. That doesn't mean that God isn't there with you. That doesn't mean that God can't care for you and be there to help you. And it's okay to ask the hard questions. But even then, it helps to go back and look in that book, to see what it says, to ask those hard questions. Because even by doing that, I think that God has a way of connecting and speaking. But again, that is my opinion. That is based on my faith and and the years that I have traveled on this road. Um, Most, I hope, in the fellowship of Jesus. So that's a little bit about testing, and now I started the three Ps. Now it's the four Ps of testing. Um, It just goes to show you never know what's going to pop in your head. But anyway, I hope that you have enjoyed this talk, as I have, and I hope that you will just today realize that if you're going through a hardship of life, if your life is hard right now, and, and I know, like I said, many of you right now are dealing with healing and trying to heal, I just want you to know that in the midst of that, you're not alone. God is there. He is there in your struggle. He's there in your trouble. He's there in your testing. He is there in your examination. He is there in your questioning. He is there in your hurting. God is there. God loves you, and I believe that, and he loves you just the way you are. So, folks, Spend a little time with God. If you have still have that faith in Him, spend a little time with Him. And also, if there's any way that I can help you, please do reach out. I want to be of service to God. And the way that I'm of service to God is being of service to you. All right, so that's it for my little Bible talk on the Gospel of Luke, fourth chapter, verses 1 through 13. I would encourage you to go and read that in your Bible yourself and maybe read um, a little bit before it, the chapter before, maybe even the chapter after for better context. But uh, that's a little bit about I wanted to share with you today. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to get off of here. Until next time, heal those hurts, move those mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye, my friend.